Hey kiddo, welcome to the Inspire to Engage podcast, where we talk marketing for small business owners, how we can serve our existing clients well, and ways for us to engage more with potential clients. And of course, we'll talk some about the juggles and struggles to do all of this while still having a life. I'm your host, Rachel Eubanks, and I'm so happy that you're here. Quick question. Do you know a car flipper? Now, I don't mean someone that flips a car by accident into a ditch. No, think house flipper, but using a car. Car flipper. To make a profit. Sell it, change it up a little bit, and make a profit. Okay, my next question. Do you know a car flipper that can't turn a wrench? That doesn't do his or her own mechanics work? Well, you're about to, because in this episode, I speak to my dear friend, Mr. Randy Lee. And yes, he is a car flipper that does not know anything about cars, but he's been doing it for a while. Randy is a serial entrepreneur. In fact, he's going to tell you where he first started any of his own businesses. You'll love it. It was creative. And I'll give you a hint. It was 10 years old. Now, I ask Randy because... Number one, you know my feelings about sticking to your own niche. Of course, there's things to learn that I can learn from other copywriters and you from other people in your niche. But there's also so many pieces of advice and suggestions that we can get from other businesses. So that's one of the first reasons why I had Randy. But the second reason is Randy has a podcast. He has a newly formed YouTube channel. And he's had Facebook groups since 2014, but has started some just this year. So Randy knows what it takes to grow Facebook groups. With somebody like that, with that wide variety of information, of willingness to grow these platforms, I wanted to have him on because I wanted to ask him, what are the positives and what are the negatives of these ways of growing a community. So if you've thought about having a podcast, if you're wondering a YouTube, wondering if a YouTube channel is the route you need to take, or you're considering Facebook groups to grow your own audience and your own community, you are going to want to listen in. Or if you just love to hear a humorous person speak, you need to hear Randy Lee. He's funny and he's honest. Okay, without further ado, here is the wonderful Mr. Randy Lee. Randy Lee, I am so excited to have you on this podcast. This is a long time coming. Randy and I were trying to hash out right before we start press record. We think we've been friends for about two years. The funny thing is, is we've never met in person, even though we live in the same area, but we became friends through a paid mastermind that we're both members of. It's called MAP, and that stands for um, Marketing Accountability partner and it's coached and led by a good friend of ours Melody Tholstrup and the reason that we've become such good friends and that this podcast episode has been a long time coming is because Randy and I both believe in the power of learning outside of your niche if you only talk to the people doing what you do then you miss out on so many opportunities so Randy and I became friends through this paid mastermind um, called MAP, M-A-P, and our cohort, Randy, I love our cohort because it's a wide variety of people. We have Randy, who I'm going to be quiet in just a second and let 
let him introduce himself, but we have a photographer, a graphic designer. We've got a sales coach. Uh, we've got me a copywriter. We've got Rodan and Fields, um, a consultant. There's a wide variety of us. And so Randy and I become fr became friends because we both started podcast and we both believe in learning outside of your niche. So Randy is here. I cannot wait for him to introduce himself and his businesses. And then we're going to talk about all the different ways he's worked on growing his business and how that can help our small business. Okay, Randy, I've talked enough. You introduce yourself, please. Well, hey, everybody. I'm Randy Lee, and I run a company called Middleman Enterprises here in North Alabama. And uh, I, I, I usually, when I talk about when I started my business, I, I like to say I started when I was 10 because um, that's when I started my first business. Uh, I sold, I was a golf caddy and on, on Mondays we had the day off at the country club. And so I would drive my bicycle over to the public golf course and sell golf balls on the fourth tee right next to the woods so that when the, the golf pro came out, I could throw my golf balls back on my bike and ride through the woods and not get caught. And uh, I've, I've been pretty much self-employed on and off ever since then. And that was, that was 50 years ago. Um, we've been doing business under the middleman name, and there's some, some deep meaning to that name, but we probably don't have time to get into that. Um, and we've done a lot of things, everything from a real estate publication to real estate, to advertising and marketing, uh, used car sales, and uh, uh, a variety of other things. And today we do the, uh, the Flipping Genius podcast, which is part of Middleman. Yeah, so tell to tell them what the Flipping Genius podcast is. I love the title of that, by the way. Well, the crazy thing is I'm in the used car business, but I never worked for anybody else in the used car business. Um, we were in advertising, middlemanenterprises.com uh, was a website where you could buy advertise or you could buy, buy sports tickets, cars, and houses. Uh, from one site. And I, I just drew all the other sites into my site and then sold advertising around them. And the phone started ringing with people wanting to buy cars. And I kept saying, I don't sell cars. And after saying that about 50 times, I decided I had to get a dealer's license. <laughs> and I've always bought and sold cars uh, almost as a hobby, but I rarely bought a car personally and then went up selling it for less than I paid for it. I almost always made money on my cars. So that's what Flipping Genius is about. It's about buying and selling cars for a significant profit. And I have listeners in, in 38 countries and all 50 states now. And it's exciting because this is what a lot of folks are doing that buy. You've heard of flipping houses. Mm -hmm. Yep. Cars can be done for a lot less money. And usually the profit margins are even higher and the time allotted to do it. It, it doesn't have to be that long. I literally did a three hour car flip last week uh, we've got a, a sponsor of our podcast and a good friend of mine, uh, Jeremy Fisher, that, that wrote a book and did a, a course online called Three Hour Car Flip. And I was so excited because I, I literally did the three hour car flip. So I did a little video on it on our YouTube channel and gave a shout out to Jeremy because it was exactly what he describes. I didn't make a ton of money. I more than almost tripled my money, which was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. um, and I did it literally. I, I had literally less than three hours in it. So that was, that was pretty cool. And that's the kind of stuff we talk about. Wow. I, when you explained to me about your podcast, probably a year and a half ago, two years ago. Well, no, because your podcast is only a little over a year old, right? right. So it, 
Yeah. So a little over a year ago, you told me about your podcast. I thought that was such a smart idea because you compared it to flipping houses. We're all familiar with the flipping houses, but that is thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars and months and months of your time involved. And the fact that you recently did a three hour car flip, which we're going to talk a little bit about that when we get to the, to talking about your YouTube channel blew my mind away. So I cannot wait to delve a little deeper into that. I want to get, I want to ask first about your podcast. Mm -hmm. Our podcast is about, they are about the same age Mm -hmm. and your podcast has really taken off. My first question to you is why did you decide to start the flipping genius podcast? (laughs) Well, I, you know, it's funny. I, I, uh, I probably was a little late to the game on podcasting, although we're not because podcasting is relatively new, mm-hmm. but um, I used to listen to one podcast. It was about the Wisconsin Badger football team. And I, it was almost like that was the only one I knew existed. And, and one day I was listening to this Badger uh, podcast and they advertised another podcast. And I think it was about this uh, guy named uh, Pat Flynn. And I, I listened to Pat and I, and then I listened to Jeremy Fisher Jeremy had a podcast called uh, uh, The Awakening, and 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 Jer- Jeremy talked about side hustles and ways to build your business, and that's when that's when I heard that you could do a podcast, and I thought, man, I could do that. And I'm not somebody that thinks about things a lot; I just do them. And and so I I found that I could literally put a podcast out into the airwaves for free, uh, like in one afternoon, and. I want to delve into that for a second, because I think that's what you're about to get into was I want people to hear how you do that in mm-hmm. one afternoon. Now, you and I both know that you have now there are certain podcasts that you polish up a little bit more than others. But I remember talking to you on the phone about podcasts when we were both getting started and you really blew my mind. You said, yeah, I, I just recorded episode you know, 12 and I did it in an hour and a half and it's out there ready for people to listen. And I'm <laughs> over here with my perfectionist mindset and I have just edited the first 12 minutes of my episode in an hour and a half. And so you have been so good for me in the sense that you do produce high quality, but you know that it is progress over perfection. So I want you to talk to the listeners. How did you, how do you get podcasts out in, in a relative short amount of time? Tell them about what, what you're using, what platform you're using and your mindset going about doing it. Well, I've, I've used anchor as my podcast casting format ever since the start. And it's, it's not only free, but, but they would actually pay me a small uh, commission basically as I grew my podcast. I mean, it was, it was worth about I made about 60 bucks, but that's better than paying them 60 bucks. And I could record it on my phone. I could add cool music to it and, and I could edit the, the clips and, and then boom, broadcast it. And then they would help me get it everywhere to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, all the places that you listen. So I, I have gotten a little more sophisticated now. I got a, I've got a microphone. My, my wife brought me a microphone. And I think it does it does make a difference. And mm-hmm. my son just took me up with a, with a new camera that we don't, we're now doing it uh, through video too on you, our YouTube channel. But, but basically we're still using anchor. We still record it. I, I, I still, I still, I still say we, when I mean me and, 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 and I, I do these things very simply. I, it, it takes me 
usually I, I'm, I'm guessing about six to eight hours on uh, once a week now for me to do the, the audio and video and all the editing and everything. So I've, it, that's the thing you get more sophisticated and it, and it takes you more time. But back when I was really stupid, it was really fast. Um, but they are better. I think they're better than they used to be. Well, that's the goal that we all hope, right? With any business, with any avenue of our business is that we get better the longer we do it. But I loved your mindset about it's better to get it out there for people to listen. And I will get better at creating it the more the more I do it. And so I appreciate that mindset. I want people to hear that mindset because uh, done is better than not done better than perfect, you know? Yeah. Um, and he said, once again, I'm gonna spell anchor. If anybody's thinking about it, it's A-N-C-H-O-R. I actually don't use anchor. I use captivate and I pay um, for podcast hosting and he does nine. So that's just something you obviously Randy knows that if you're not paying, there is something on the other side that Anchor is going to be getting from him. I've read about Anchor. It's a fa- it seems to be f- fantastic, but there's definitely, you're, they're going to be getting something from you in some way. Um, so those are the two platforms. I use Captivate, he uses Anchor. And in case you are interested in starting your own podcast, most podcast platforms, if you go through the correct steps, they do disseminate your podcast to all the different platforms. Every now and then there's a particular platform that you may have to fill out an extra form. But if you, but going through podcast hosts, which you have to, in order to have a podcast, they will tell you the steps. So guys just need to know that if you are thinking about starting your own podcast. So I want to move into video. You Mm -hmm. recently started your YouTube channel. And I want to preface this question too, by saying no way, no how are Randy and I saying you need to have your podcast, you need to have a YouTube channel, you need to have Facebook groups, you need to be on Instagram. We're not saying that. I'm asking Randy because he's done all of these things. And this is somebody that we can pick his brain and ask him the pros and cons to it to help you make a decision if you're considering going down one of these avenues. So tell us, why did you decide to start your YouTube channel? Well, actually, I started the YouTube channel a long time ago. Okay. And and I'm a uh, singer songwriter too. So I've, I've, I've been involved in YouTube for that way back then. So I had some familiarity with it, but YouTube is just crazy exploding. And I, I watch my wife every night looking at YouTube channels. I, I talked to, uh, I talked to the, the gal that does my title work. I'm not supposed to say gal, I think, but that does my title work. And and we were, I was just talking to her about YouTube, and that's what her and her husband do every night. They're looking at YouTube channels. And so we've we've had uh, the Flipping Genius YouTube, YouTube channel almost since the get-go, and I had a little series of, uh, I called them coaching up videos, where I mostly it was just me and my phone at the golf course telling you to get off your butt and go do the work, um, and you'll make money. And, and it was... It really wasn't anything really fancy, but I do little five minute videos, just kind of try to support and drive traffic to the podcast. And I kept noticing that my favorite podcasts were being broadcast on video also. And I thought, I've got to check into this. The other thing I noticed is that I was I was the champion of car flipping on the podcast circuit. Uh, the mm. other people who had done it had fallen away and and i now with 63 episodes out was by far the 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 number one 
at attracting an audience. So I thought mm-hmm. there's no way I can be number one at this because I'm not rich yet and I want to get rich. <laughs> I started looking at YouTube and the folks that are doing car flipping and they're out there doing them. Oh, yeah. They're on YouTube and they're doing something physical like that thing I said with the, we did a four part series about the three hour, my real live three hour car flip. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the kind of things people want to do, but I also want to put my, my actual episodes on there. So mm-hmm. that's what we're, we're doing that. Cause we, we want to reach people where they're at, give them what they're looking for. And then the other thing that the next step, and I, I getting ahead of you probably, but my next step is to reach out to all those, all of those car flipping YouTube channel guys and get them to come on my podcast and share their story with me and with my audience and then bring their audience with them. And, you know, that's how I'm going to get rich. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I love the idea of that cl- of collaboration and the fact that you have incorporated video. In fact, I want to ask you, what's your biggest hurdle? Because I know with that, I was recently on on Randy's podcast, Flippin' Genius, and we talked about copywriting. We talked about communicating with buyers. It was a fun conversation and I appreciate him asking, but I know that for YouTube, you chopped up that episode a couple of up top a couple of ways because you wanted to present certain pieces of information. So what has been your biggest hurdle for moving from audio to to video? Even though you're using the same content, what's been the biggest hurdle for you? Well, I, I guess the first step is just the technology and and mm-hmm. getting getting everything right. And I, the one thing I know is that the YouTube viewer has a shorter attention span. They're mm-hmm. only want to watch a 10 minute or less video. There's a, there's a period. It's, I think it starts around three or four minutes. I keep reading about this and you know, you, you can YouTube, you can, you can Google it or whatever. <laughs> Some guy's got a video about you on YouTube telling you how to do YouTube videos. So I watch all that stuff and I I'm trying to figure out what's that sweet spot. And I know it's going to take a real uh, fan. That's going to want to listen to a whole 30 minute uh, mm-hmm. podcast, but they're out there. I mean, I do it all the time. I, mm-hmm. I, I listen, I, I, but to watch a podcast of me just sitting there talking, I'm not a movie star. I, you know, they, we watch movie stars do a podcast like that, but, but just ordinary people, they're probably not going to watch that. So, so I know that that's going to be a deterrent. So I'm really, I know I need to mix in that live action stuff where I'm going to say, Hey, after this bit, we're going to go out to the garage and we're going to, you know, do this thing. Mm-hmm. That's that's an unfortunate for me because, as you know, I'm not good at turning wrenches. So no, I gotta... tell them though you you did not tell that in your intro mm-hmm. really quickly. Well, let's pause for just a second on YouTube. We'll come back, but tell them what you always tell me about you being a car flipper. Well, at the introduction, I always say that that I have zero mechanical ability, but I flip cars and and. And, and that's just to say that anybody can do this. Anybody can do it. My, my mechanics say, if you see Randy under the hood of a car, that means you just hit him with your car. <laughs> but I, yeah, it's just not something I do. I love that. Okay. I wanted you to share that because it makes me laugh every time you say that. And it's a great example of how you can build a business around something that you enjoy doing, that you, but you may not be good at it. And we're going to get to the to his business model here in just a second, but I want to stay, I want to stay on YouTube before we go off. So you're telling me that you are recognizing that you can't use the exact same content from your podcast to the YouTube channel. You are learning that you have to add or 
divide it into different segments. Is that correct? I think that's exactly correct. And, and talking about learning from other niches, I, yeah. I was heard wrong. I was just no, listening I'm to a podcast. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, the, the uh, Canadian lady that, that was talking to you. That, April was, Dunford, yes. April, she was fantastic. But it's, and it was and I was I was listening to to that talk about positioning and, mm-hmm. and learning where do people see you and and I think one of the things she said is and, and I know you said this too think like your customer mm-hmm. what and, and so if I put myself in their shoes you know it's one thing if, if I'm out walking or you're running or you're you know you're you're driving yeah you're gonna sit there and listen to all that stuff but if if you're flipping you know, like, like flipping through YouTubes, you better capture their attention. And, and, and sometimes my, my podcast might do that. I mean, there's some fun stuff on there. There's some interesting stuff, but if it's just people talking, it's not going to catch them. So yeah, we've got that. We've got to do some changes there and it it could be visuals or it could be live action and a promise of something to come three minutes from now. If you'll just listen to this part, you know, we've seen them do it on TV forever. So we're just, just doing more of that. You know, I think you're so smart. And as a copywriter right now, my heart is singing because that's one of the biggest things that I talk to clients about or potential clients about with video. And if you notice a great example is to go watch good copywriters on YouTube that have YouTube channels, because they're going to do exactly what you said, Randy, you're going to start with the intro. You're going to give them some type of tease. You're going to teach them something, but in that teaser, you have told them what is about what is going to come if they will wait a little longer because that's just training that brain. It's giving that that curiosity. They're like, oh, I got to hang around a little longer. <laughs> um, so I love that. My copywriter, my heart is like, oh, way to go, Randy. <laughs> Let me ask you, I want you to talk about the series that you did recently, your three-hour flip, because what I'm figuring out is that that was something you said, oh, I can do this as one of the live actions, something I want to take to YouTube. So talk to us a little bit about that three hour flip, make our, um, make us curious. So we go out and watch it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's fun. And I think I, Jeremy Fisher, who wrote that, that, that course is such a good guy. And, and he, and I correspond and he told me one thing, that I've got going for me. So the big thing is that you're not telling everybody it's easy. You're, you're telling them the truth. Mm. And, and I, I think the, the thing that I saw in the, just the title three hour flip, it sounds too easy. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, and he said, be, he encouraged me to, to be straight with everybody, which I always do Yeah. with this. I, I, I knew what was coming. I mean, I started filming it before this actually happened. It was a, a Sunday morning, I think. And I was going to go look at a car that a guy had called me about. And I, I actually videoed myself in my garage talking about how I get the phone to ring. And that's a very big part is when you and I talked, I talked about it. it's just as important for us who we sell our vehicles to as, mm-hmm. it, who, as, as it is to find vehicles to buy. Yes, so yes. my first little part of it was to say, here's how I make the phone ring. And I showed him my secrets. And, and, then, they, and, I, and then I said, hey, if you wonder why I'm telling you your secret, my secrets, then you haven't listened to my podcast because that's what I do every single week. And then I, boom, I'm done. And then, and, and then, you know, see the next, the next one. So the next one, I didn't, I didn't take the camera and, and go talk to the guy. He probably would have, he actually, he was a really nice guy and he probably would have thought it was fun, but I, I didn't want to take there. I, that might've been what I do next time, yeah. but I went and bought a car. I, I paid $300 for the car. It, it ran and drove almost perfect. It was, it was mechanically very good car, 
perfect car for me because, you know, I don't turn a wrench. Nope. Um, but I do know how to use one of those wands at the car wash. <laughs> you know, I know how to do that. And, uh, and, and so I bought the car for 300. And then after we shook hands, I'd given him the money, he gave me the title. He said, can I do a, can you do me a favor and, and give me that, that battery out of there? And I said, dude, that's the best part of this car is that new battery. Do you think I didn't notice that? And the new tires that are on it? He said, I just paid $400 for, or four or $500 for those tires. I said, I don't care what you did. It's my car now. And he said, but yeah, well, I want to get that battery back. And I said, well, that's not going to happen. I said, here's what I'll do. And I gave him another 20 bucks. I said, that'll, that'll tide you over till you get another battery, man. So, so on my video, I talked about, it'd be at a $320 car because that's what it costs. Then I, 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 so the next video was me talking, telling that story and walking around this horrible looking car. I mean, it really looked really nasty it had the, the the paint peeling off of it it was the clear coat peeling off and it had a broken windshield and it was dirty and you know it it looked you could see why i paid 300 dollars. but when i started it up it just purred and and uh so i uh I, I i cleaned it up it took me about an hour and a half to clean it up and wash it and get it all right and the last thing i did is i had three cans of paste spray, spray paint that i bought for other cars, one was for a uh, Honda, one was for Toyota, and one was for a Chrysler, and this was a Nissan. And I, I used those three mismatched paint cans to spray, overspray across the hood and all the bad spots. And when I was done, I did a video of when it was done. You would not believe it was, it was, it was fun, you know, because, I mean, from five feet away, it looked pretty good. <laughs> and and uh, that's what I was shooting for. And I, I, uh, I cleaned it all up and I did the video. And then I said, now I'm going to load her up on the tow, the tow dolly and take it to the public auction. And tomorrow night, my folks, my friends at the public auction are going to sell it for me. And I'll bet I'll triple my money. And uh, so I had a total of $326 in it because it cost $3 at the car wash. And three dollars for the for the spray paint, and and then I had to pay the auction sixty bucks to sell it for me, and I wound up selling it for nine hundred, so I wound up making five hundred fourteen dollars on my three hundred twenty six dollar investment. Um, so that's that's pretty fun. And you know that was fun, and I I like the fact that you got an idea from a book that you read. Totally, mm -hmm. you know, you're giving them credit. You're not acting like I came up with this all by myself. And you went and tested it and did it. Let me ask you this from the standpoint of someone who would produce and edit their own YouTube channel. How long in the video making process did it take you? So, cause we know the car flip had about three hours in it. How long did the actual video of getting those four videos out onto YouTube? What, what would be your estimate there? And I love that. It, it, I think the videos, all four of them probably took me less than an hour that's the crazy thing is all these wonderful people that make these cool apps that we can use on our phone. That's the video uh, editing tool that I used for those, not only for the thumbnail that goes on the front that looks really professional, um, but the, the actual editing with the, with the, the words that, that, that said, you know, emphasize certain things. Yeah. Probably less than less than an hour to make all four of them, fix them up and put them on my YouTube channel. Um, yeah. It's, that's pretty fun. That, that makes me really happy. Okay. <laughs> uh, to hear that. So let me ask you, I have another question for you. Your business is a little different than someone who is literally selling a product that he or she made mm -hmm. your business through your podcast is affiliate marketing and through your 
and through actually selling cars, you are needing to build a community around you so that you have somebody to sell these cars to and to buy from. So your business is very community buy-in and affiliate marketing. What are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned about building um, a community around you? This is something we all need to know. Even though not all of us are in affiliate mar affiliate marketing, we are all looking to buy to build a community where people are going to want to buy from us. So what have you learned about building a community? Hmm. I, I've learned so much from our ladies group. <laughs> That's what I call our, our map group. Map I'm group. The, the only guy that comes to it. Um, but the, uh, the you guys have, have talked about, you know, when you post things, you should post five things of value for every one thing you're trying to sell something. I think those are the, the numbers. That's, that's a really important one. Don't, don't always be selling people. Um, I've mentioned Pat Flynn before and Pat, you know, almost every time we have a meeting, I talk about Pat Flynn. If you haven't listened to Pat Flynn, you owe it to yourself to listen to him. I'm he talking does. to the audience because I know you have. Yes. I love, I love his stuff. Yeah. And he's just constantly gives you value, gives you value, gives you value. And to the point where you're thinking, when does Pat ever make any money? But Pat is a multi, multi-millionaire. He makes money, right? <laughs> and he, and he, he's, but he's always giving you information. He's always helping you. And I think that's, that's what I've learned is you need to always be helping people. And, and the, 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 the number one goal of the Flipping Genius podcast, I've said this so many times, is to help our listeners make more money. Mm -hmm. And I, I've said it so much that I believe it. I, it really is everything that I do is, is for that. So now we've got, we've got 18 uh, flipping genius used car groups around the country where people can buy and sell cars in their, their neck of the woods, whether it's Phoenix, Arizona, or Detroit, Michigan, or, or uh, Tampa, Florida, uh, Huntsville, Alabama, all over the place. And some of them are growing. Our one here in Huntsville has got between the two of them, we've got close to 35,000 members. And, and so there's, there's a lot of activity there. Now we've got a group uh, for um, the, called the Flipping Forum, where people can go and share their ideas. If you've, got, if you've never done it before, or if you've done it a lot and you want to help other people, you can exchange ideas. Um, and, and naturally, I see that there's going to be a way for me to make money from these things, but it can't be my primary incentive. I've got to look mm -hmm. out for my, my Bobby. <laughs> and, and I, when I say Bobby, I'm referring to, I took Rachel's course. She helped me identify who my typical uh, ideal customer is. And that's who I'm trying to talk to. I'm trying to talk to Bobby. I know who he is and that's a big help. So I'm, I'm trying to, to talk to him where he's at and get him to where he wants to go mm -hmm. and, and recognizing that and recognizing who I'm trying to talk to is a, a big help. So I, I hope that answered your question. No, it, 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 that was such a good answer. I was like, where do I sign up for his coaching right here? This sounds great. Um, let me ask you, because I didn't realize that you were up to, I think you said 18 Facebook groups, mm -hmm. which is very interesting because once again, you're helping people all across the nation to put cars out there and then for, for someone to buy from them and then for them, for, for someone who wants to flip a car as well. How did you get those groups started? Because I know that there's people who are longing to get one Facebook group started mm -hmm. that's active, much less 18 of them. So how did you get, how'd you get those started? Well, 
back in 2014, I started my first uh, Facebook group for, it's called the Flipping Genius. If you search Flipping Genius on Facebook, you'll find all of our groups, including our forum. So in Huntsville, Alabama, we started a group for $5,000 or less because that's what I sell. Um, going back to knowing who you are, that's who I am. I sell cheap cars. And so it was for cars in North Alabama, South Central Tennessee. If you didn't live here, you didn't belong here. Okay. And, and only cars. If you listed a car for $7,500, I didn't just delete your car. I blocked you. You did not get in my group. You did okay. not sell mattresses. You did not sell vitamins. You only sold this. So I, I made it very pure. And my goal was to get to 500 members. Um, we have in that group, we have just short of 27,000 members now. Uh, and, and it took a diligent effort at the beginning um, where I went to other groups and said, hey, I got a car group. You ought to join ours, too. We did a lot of that type of thing, a um, little poaching involved. But when they came, they realized that our car group was the pure group for selling these kind of cars. And it grew and grew. And it was very effective. Then I started a second group for five to ten. And now we open groups in Atlanta and we open groups in, in uh, uh, Omaha, Nebraska. I'm just trying to think of the places where we're at. And, and we go there. I do some of that same stuff to try to nurture it along, to use the term you use. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I use the same exact uh, template. All of our groups look exactly alike. Um, I want that, that branding there. So that helps us promote the Flipping Genius um, uh, uh, podcast. And so... And, and then the goal is to get a member or listener who's in Omaha or a listener who's in Atlanta to come on board with us and, and help us build it with the idea that you're going to have control of this market. You're going to have it under the guys, under the, the, the supervision of me. I'm not going to let you take over uh, and, and turn it into something that's not supposed to be, but you will be able to do a little marketing for yourself. So that's, that's what we're, we're building to. And then every, every week or so we, thank all the new members. I just did that yesterday in the Huntsville group. And I think there was 48 new members this wow. week. And I said, thanks for joining. And, and I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, which is kind of cool because a lot of them do. Yeah, that, that is fantastic information to share, Randy, because like I said, many of us would like to just have one active Facebook group. You have managed starting in, from 2014, have managed to get 18 now. Do you, do you mind telling me what are some of the numbers for your newest group? Because I'll have to admit your, your older groups, the numbers are extremely impressive. So be, be honest with us. What are your, some of your newer groups? What are the numbers looking like right now? And how old are those groups? Just to give us a real life. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, the groups in Phoenix and Salt Lake city, um, trying to think of the, the, uh, I've got a couple Pensacola and another another one on the, the Gulf the Gulf Coast of Alabama. Those groups I think have just ten or twelve members. I mean it's not not crazy exciting. The groups in Detroit, Orlando, and Omaha, uh, they have somewhere between a hundred and fifty and two hundred members. Wow! Um, so they're they're growing. None of them are going crazy. I mean because I'm not there. If it was, if I was there, if I was in Orlando, that group would have 500 people. I know it would. It's hard to duplicate yourself. It just is. It's hard to hard to get other people to get up at 4:30 in the morning and, and start just start working at it. But but there there, there is uh, I've I've got somebody in Salt Lake City. I've got somebody in Phoenix, um, and I've got somebody in Atlanta right now that that are 
are trying to get started on this. And I know once they get a taste of it growing, I'll see these, these groups grow and I'm not, they're not getting paid by me and I'm, and, and I'm not getting paid by them. It's just, I want, I want to give them this tool to help them build their flipping businesses like I did. And, and as they do, I'll benefit because of the exposure. So that's, that's the idea there. That's a brilliant idea. And like you said, once the, the thing with Facebook groups is once they get some momentum, it really is like a snowball, you know, it, as it goes down the hill, it gets bigger and bigger, but it's that initial starting that takes a long time. And mm-hmm. I appreciate your patience and the fact that you are, are using a template that has worked for you in the past and you're going to keep trying mm-hmm. to move it on. Even though we know Facebook changes every time we turn around, yeah. but ultimately is about people wanting to be connected to other people that share a similar thing. And that's, that's what they do. They share, they, they share their love of flipping cars. Okay. So we're kind of coming to the end. I want to ask you though, we've talked about podcasting, Randy. We've talked about YouTube. We've talked about Facebook groups. So if you had, if you were speaking to someone who's just starting out and they're interested in an affiliate business, and I I keep using the word affiliate because Randy, yes, he has one arm of his business where he literally is flipping cars and making money from it. But we spent a lot of time talking about the other side of his business, which is podcasting and YouTube channels and Facebook groups where he's, it's more of an affiliate association. Where would you tell that newbie to start? Because we talked about a lot of big platforms. Mm -hmm. What would you say would be the first place that you would want them to start? Hmm. Well, I I think going back to knowing who you are, Mm. that's, that's, that's such a big deal. Um, And, and sometimes maybe you don't know. And and so you got to keep evaluating yourself. And I, realistically, I think that's the, the key. I, who I thought I was day one is not who I am right now. I mean, I'm the same guy, but, but who people have a need for is different out there. That's why we've got YouTube going now. That's why I see more energy going towards YouTube. Um, as far as affiliate marketing goes, um, it, it, I, I think I'm doing the right thing there. I'm really emphasizing the benefit to, to my, my, listener. I mean, just for example, uh, just to give you a personal example, I, I, I need to buy tire, tires for my wife's car. I went to our resources page. There's five different tire companies that I can buy from. I just shopped all five. They get, you can get a special discount on this particular company. I got free shipping and my, my mechanics at Dennis Johnson Automotive I, I always have to say them every, every time I talk. Uh, they, you should. He, he's good to you, isn't he? He was going to, he was going to sell me tires at his cost. He, he has before. And, and in the past, that was better than anybody else. And, and then he, he puts them on cheap too. Well, at, at Dennis's cost, uh, they were going to be $512 for the set of tires. Mm-hmm. I bought maybe a better set of tires from my affiliate uh, for a total of $282 taxes included free shipping to my house and then took them down to Dennis and they put them on for me so cheap that I felt I had to go buy them some donuts that day. <laughs> I mean, they're such good guys. And, and, and a, a week before I did the same thing with an alternator for a Ford truck that we were flipping and Dennis found me the best price he could get. I saved a hundred dollars on that one part. And when I, like I tell all the guys that listen to me, we make our money when we spend it save your money because that goes back in your pocket. So I'm constantly looking for that. So there's, there's two ways that I save money right, right there. So 
providing that kind of thing for my audience makes them want to come back. And, and eventually when they buy these things, I'll get a little bit of a commission, but the number one goal of that has to be what's their, what's the benefit to them? What's the benefit to them? And it gets a little hard, you know, cause we, uh, we got to make money, you know, and, and it's, it's, it, it, you're thinking, how am I making money? Uh, but you get, you got to be long, take everything from a long view and keep listening to your audience, keep watching what they respond to and keep adjusting to it. So don't, don't hesitate. Don't, don't slow down and say, I got to get this perfect before I get out of the shoot, get out of the shoot and go it, go for it. And they're, they're going to knock you down, get back up and figure out which direction they came from. And uh, I'm an old football coach. So this is, this is my thinking, but just, just keep going at it and find, you know, find, find the, the, go back to football, find that hole and run for daylight, man. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, Randy, I'm jotting notes like a maniac over here because I love some of the sayings that you said like I know that recently you would share with me recently that you had done a survey I believe with your listening audience because mm-hmm. you're very wise knowing that those that are already listening I need to know what they want to hear more of and of course we've got data we can look at the data and see which ones are more downloaded than that downloaded but at the same time when someone's willing to write you back in a survey that also clues you in these people right here are vested. And I thought that was a brilliant idea when you told me. And then I know since then you have, you've started building some podcasts around more things that they're wanting to hear. So I, Randy, I cannot tell you how much I have loved this conversation. It was business coaching, you know, on steroids and you (laughs) got to share your business with us. But at the same time, I got some other ideas about how I could apply some of the things that you're doing in your business to my business, which was the whole point of this conversation was to look outside your niche, because I'm telling you, I'm definitely not a car flipper. Okay. <laughs> and my husband, he, he, he's always on me. I, I need to stay away from cars in general, because I'm always backing it, backing into stuff and things like that. It's, it's a hot mess. But before we officially close, Randy, I want you to tell them all the different places that they can learn more about you. Okay. Well, well, first, I want to encourage people to come listen to the Flipping Genius podcast. You can find us anywhere. Just search Flipping Genius. You'll find us everywhere. I am a propagandist, so it is all over the place. But I want to tell you, if you'll listen to episodes 62 and 63, you'll you'll hear your beloved Rachel on there because she did an awesome job on there. And and I, I I thought it was so fun because talking about crossing over information, what you provided for us in the world of copywriting was, was such an insight to the guys who listen, if they would listen. And I tried to knock them in the head and said, listen, man, because I swear I, I took what you talked about on, on that flip, on that one three-hour car flip, I missed something. What I missed that 12 people responded to an ad that I posted telling everybody it was going to be at the auction. They wanted to look at that car before the auction. See, those 12 people likely have cars they want to sell maybe that are sitting in their driveway they can't move that's what i want to buy i want to buy that stuff and turn it into money so anyway 
you can listen to the podcast that way. Also go to flippinggenius.com. I could only forward the one with the one G. So it's flippinggenius.com. You'll see all of our podcasts, all 63 episodes, links to the YouTube channel. You'll see uh, Rachel's picture on there several times. You'll see uh, our, our resources page with uh, uh, all the discounts you can save on. We've got over 50 vendors that will help you save money and list the auctions in every state in the union and in Canada, South America, Europe, and the Middle East, we've got auctions and discounts. If you go to the auction, you get a discount on your, on your fees. Um, I think that's probably the place I should stop there because the other businesses aren't related to this conversation. <laughs> uh, Randy is also some, something that many of us can, um, we, we can, we see that in ourselves is that he's a serial our serial entrepreneur, which means he has got lots of things going. And part of us that are entrepreneurs, we, we can't help it. We just want to start something new. Now I'm actually late to the game. I, I did not start it at 10 years old, like you. And, um, and I can remember my, one of my podcast guests, Erica Edwards, you know, she started back in college and got herself through by doing people's hair in the dorm. And mm -hmm. it just amazing to me how some of you started at such a young age. I wasn't like that, but I've definitely come into it hardcore, you know, in my thirties. <laughs> and I'm like, you all are like, I could start this. I could start that. So Randy, thank you for being here today. You work so hard and you so graciously shared some of your secrets today. And I appreciate it. I know the listeners will too. So we're cheering for you. We thank think you. you are a flipping genius. <laughs> it was my pleasure. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hey, hey, it's me, Rachel, again. I'm back. Before I go into the key takeaways of this episode, I have to put a plug in for myself. If you want to know your ideal client better. Randy talked about knowing who it is that you serve and he was super sweet to put a plug in for me and I really appreciate that. That's just the kind of guy he is. But if you're ready to know your ideal client better, head to my site inspiretoengage.com forward slash online courses. There you will find my course creating an ideal customer story. It is meant to make the process of recognizing who it is that you serve and to visualize that person when you sit down and write or you prepare to speak or you're about to get on a sales call, whatever it is that you're going to do, whatever customer interactions you plan on having, this course will help you get very clear about who it is that you serve. Also, you should know if you are tired of writing your own copy and you want some help, I offer done for you services as well. Or maybe you're somewhere in the middle. You're like, Rachel, I can't really afford for you to write the copy for me, but I would love some coaching. I would love someone to almost look over my shoulder and give me some pointers and things to be thinking about. Well, I offer copy coaching. All of this can be found at my site, inspiretoengage.com. And you will find services there to help you speak to your customers' needs and wants. Now, Let's talk about Randy's episode. This man was motivational, he was humorous, and he was transparent. And I appreciate that about my dear friend so much. Let's talk about takeaway number one. He said that the reason his Facebook groups have been able to grow is because he's kept them pure. I think that is key because we've all been a part of those Facebook groups that there's all kind of shenanigans happening in there. 
and we don't feel safe and secure and feel like we are going to get out of that group what we expected to get out of that group. Randy was very clear. If you get into my groups and you start trying to sell a mattress, you're out. And he said, I don't mean like you're out for a little bit. You're gone for good. We have seen a huge push over the last two years of Facebook admins stating their rules up front and you have to agree to those rules. But that's a second, that's another step. That's the first step, having the rules in place. So if you're considering starting a Facebook group or you already have one and you want it to be even better, of course, you've got to start with what are your expectations for that group and then turn it into the rules. But the next step is to then make sure people abide by those rules. And if it's just you, you can do it in a small group. But as that group grows, you may have to tap into getting some help with how you manage all of the people that are posting and interacting. If Facebooks or Facebook groups are something that you're really interested in and you want to learn more about how to grow them, how to teach inside of the groups. I did another episode with my friend Shannon Fox. It's episode 33. Strongly suggest listening to that episode. She completely blew me away. So if Randy's got your interest peaked, then I want you to take the next step and listen to Shannon Fox's episode, episode 33. Okay, takeaway number two. Keep listening to your audience. Randy talks about giving his listeners a survey, his podcast listeners a survey. And then from that survey, he started creating podcast episodes on what they wanted to hear. I cannot think of any better way for number one, for him to get content and number two, for him to show them, I am here to serve you. He says his goal is to help you make more money. So if his goal is to help you do that, what he tells his listeners he's going to do, then he is asking them, how can I help you make more money? Who is it? What is it that you need to hear about on this podcast? And he's going about getting those things. Now, perhaps you don't have a podcast. It doesn't matter. We can still ask our audience, whether it be on Facebook, Instagram, inside a chambers meeting, whatever, Email, it can be a mass email to your list or a direct email one-on-one to customers asking them what it is that they need or want from you. Of course, be, be prepared to hear something that you may not want to hear, but most people are going to be open and happy to give you back those suggestions. And Randy found that many of his listeners filled out the survey and gave him great suggestions. And I can speak from the podcast host standpoint, whew, that is a relief. If someone tells you what they want in your content, that's half the battle, half the battle right there. He also mentioned when he was talking about listening to your audience, he mentioned the episode with April Dunford. That was episode 47 where she talked about positioning. He was right. April is an expert on positioning. So if you haven't heard that episode, you definitely want to go back to listen to April to talk about how it is that we can put our products and services in a context that our customers then understand very quickly. And that comes back to 
listening to your audience, listening to your customers. And then that helps us position and speak about it in a way that they're like, got it. This is exactly what I need. Or it might work the other way. This is not what I need. And that's okay too. They, they can move on. It will cause us less headache in the long run. Takeaway number three, know where your audience is hanging out and how you as a business owner can then show up there. I thought this was really interesting because I asked him, one of my initial questions was, you know, why did you start a podcast? And he went on to tell us, you know, there's just not any car flipping podcasts out there. He said, now there's lots of YouTube channels out there doing something similar to me, but there's not a lot of podcasts out there doing what I'm doing. And in fact, the ones that were out there, they're dead now. They're no longer making new episodes. So he's the only one out there, the Flipping Genius podcast. And he knew that I don't mind talking. In fact, I like talking to a microphone. I like interviewing other people. This is a great avenue for me to fill a void. And in fact, I have another friend named Sandy Robinson and her podcast is called Hashimoto's Connection. And so it's for people who are struggling with Hashimoto's. And her podcast is growing tremendously because just like Randy, she realized where her audience is hanging out or willing to hang out. And she realized that there was a void there. There was a hole. There was not a lot of information in the podcast world on this disease. And she knows a lot about it. So she was willing to fill that void just like Randy was in the car flipping niche. So the question comes back to us, where are our customers hanging out? And are we willing, is that a good fit for us to hang out there? Randy has started with Facebook groups years ago. I think he said his first group was like 2014. And he has slowly grown more groups that are car flipping. So there's one platform where he's hanging out. He then, a, a little over a year ago, created a podcast. And he's now just recently created a YouTube channel. Now, what we have to ask ourselves as listeners, as business owners, what are we willing to work on? For me, I'll just be very honest. I have a seven-year-old and a soon-to-be nine-year-old. So I'm in the throes of raising children. We're karateing and soccering all over the place. So the thought of me adding on one more platform, one more place for me to build a community is stifling. It makes me catch my breath. But the reason I had Randy on and he was so honest about it was because I wanted us to hear the positives and negatives of these three ways of building a community. So if you are looking to build a community, start asking yourself, where are my people hanging out? Can I serve them there? And then is it a good fit for me? Is it a good fit for me as a business person? Can I consistently show up there? As I close, I hope you have enjoyed this podcast episode as much as I enjoyed interviewing Randy Lee. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Have a wonderful week.